Hello and welcome to the Southampton Audio Programme for their FA Cup 4th round clash against Blackpool. In today's programme, we have a feature interview with Sekumala, a look at our opposition, and of course, a note from your manager. Dear supporters, I would like to welcome you back to St Mary's once again as we turn our attention to the FA Cup and the visit of Blackpool for this afternoon's 4th round tie. It has been another extremely busy week for us, with the league game here against Aston Villa last Saturday and the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final against Newcastle on Tuesday. We were obviously disappointed to have narrowly lost both of those matches, but I don't feel our performance in either game warranted the results that we got. I'm happy with the overall levels we are producing and we can feel the progress we are making as a team, but we also know that we need to clean up certain aspects of our game a little bit more. This match today gives us a good opportunity to try and make some of those improvements and we are keen to make sure we keep progressing in this competition. I would like to extend a very warm welcome to Mick McCarthy who's taking charge of his first game with Blackpool today as well as his staff and the players and also the supporters who made the long trip to the South Coast. Mick is someone who I have great respect for and I think he is a very shrewd appointment by the club. He's achieved a lot in his career and is one of the good guys of the game. He's always been very respectful and helpful towards me personally and I really hope he can have a big impact at Blackpool, although not necessarily today. For us, the win over Crystal Palace in the third round was an important one. It kick-started a wonderful week for us as we followed it up with victories over Manchester City in the Carabao Cup and then away to Everton in the league. Hopefully, today can give us a similar springboard and help us build some momentum not only in the FA Cup itself, but also ahead of the second leg of our semi-final against Newcastle and then the trip to Brentford in a week's time. Thank you to each and every one of you for the great support you have shown us at St Mary's again over this past week and let's try to finish it off in the right way today. We march on. Sekumala personifies Southampton's improving young squad. Arriving in the summer as a shy teenager, the Frenchman is gaining confidence in himself and tuning his body for the rigours of English football. Now, he feels ready to take on more responsibility. I feel we are growing up, Sikumala observes. We are better than a few weeks ago and we have to keep it going. The Frenchman is perhaps symbolic of Saint's gradual improvement. Of the club's ten summer recruits, Marla arrived as one of four teenagers. A project signing, someone who would learn on the job of what it takes to be a Premier League player. Mara is a quite off-the-field kind of player, but popular in the dressing room, and not just with his many French-speaking teammates. When I arrived, it was hard because of the language. You've changed countries, so everything has changed, he says of his transition from Bordeaux, where he lived for five years, to Southampton. With the French guys, it was easier because of the language, but even the English people tried to make me feel good. It's a good group and they helped me too. I didn't take English lessons, but in the changing rooms, I speak English with the guys, with the physios, with everyone, so it's better now. He beams with pride when told how much his English has improved in the six months since he signed. Though he conducted his very first interview as a saint in English back in July, he's far more relaxed about the prospect now, no longer phased by the questions coming his way or wanting the interviewer to slow down. The 20-year-old spends time away from the day job at his new home in Ocean Village, often gaming with Samuel Ladozzi and Romeo Lavia. Sometimes FIFA, sometimes Call of Duty, he says. Ladozzi is the self-proclaimed best FIFA player in the squad. Marla disagrees. No chance, he laughs. He can beat him, he claims. At Staplewood, much of his time is spent bulking up. 
The biggest difference between Premier League and Liga 1, Marla believes, is in the physicality and the tendency for referees to allow the game to flow. Not every coming together is considered a foul, so you have to build robustness. Physically, it was really different from France, he explains. A lot of contact, it's hard with big defenders, so it's more physical. I speak a lot with Banco, Matthew Banks, the first team strength and conditioning coach, for example, to work more to see what I have to improve. I think I've improved in a lot of things, physically, technically, but I know I have to work more to progress because if you stop working, you cannot progress. The Cups have been kind to Mara, who recognises the impact they've had on his Saints season so far. For him, they've provided opportunity. Of his six starts, three have come in the Carabao Cup while he came off the bench in the FA Cup third round tie at Crystal Palace. For the team, they've fueled belief, helping gain confidence and momentum. The Palace triumph came in a week where Saints won three games on the trot, including upsetting Manchester City in the Carabao Cup quarter-finals. Mara was among the scorers that night, opening his account in style with a goal that showcased his talent and drew praise from the pundits in the Sky Sports studio for his off-the-ball movement. When Lianco intercepted a stray pass and surged forward, Mara held his run, lurking on the shoulder of Carl Walker, who knew he was there but could not see him and the ball at the same time. As the Brazilian prepared to cross, Mara waited until the last possible moment to dart in front of Walker, not a natural centre-back who was duly beaten by the ball by the razor-sharp striker. I work on that in training, he says of that movement. When you work, you can do it in a game. Still, with plenty to do, Mara finished it brilliantly, connecting first time with a firm side-footed shot from 15 yards to redirect the ball at pace, low and inside Stefan Ortega's left-hand post, who could not react in time to keep it out. Sprinting away to celebrate in front of the Saints fans, Mara ended up flat on his back, as if needing a moment to himself to take in the emotion of the moment. Since I arrived, I didn't score, so it was like I lose a pressure, he smiles. It's really good for the striker to score a goal, for confidence, for everything. I watch Manchester City on TV with Guardiola, and now I play against them. It's good, it's really good, and to score against them is really nice. Since the trio of wins, Saints have come unstuck with back-to-back 1-0 defeats at home to Aston Villa in the Premier League and Newcastle in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. We lost in details, Mara feels, pointing to the small margins that are currently deciding games, but remains confident about the second leg at St James's Park. We showed we can play good against this team, he reasons. We have to play them again next week, so I think we can do something. For now, the focus turns to the FA Cup, the most famous domestic cup competition on the planet. Its history is not lost even on a young Frenchman who grew up knowing all about the famous upsets and insists Saints must be on their guard to prevent a St Mary's surprise. With every triumphant cup tie comes another chance for Marla to add to his minutes on the pitch, as evidenced by the breakdown of his appearances this season, accelerating his development. It's exciting playing every game, he says. I think... I have to play to progress, so even if it's a lower team, we have to do our best. For the confidence, it's important to play this game like the other games and not play like it's against a lower division team. It's really important. This type of game can be really important for the group, for the team, for everyone. It was all change at Blackpool earlier this month when the championship outfit sacked Michael Appleton after only seven months in charge. It followed a run of one win in 11 games that left them second bottom of the table and three points adrift of safety. 
Appleton had been appointed boss for the second time in June as a replacement for Neil Critchley, who left to join Stephen Gerrard's backroom team at Aston Villa. Appleton's second spell in charge did prove longer than his first, when he spent only 65 days at the helm during the 2012-2013 season before departing for Blackburn Rovers. He had led the Seasiders to this stage of the FA Cup after defeating Premier League Nottingham Forest in the third round. Following Appleton's exit, Blackpool appointed Mick McCarthy as their new head coach. McCarthy returning to management after his departure from Cardiff City in October 2021. Today will be his first match in charge because last weekend's home fixture with Huddersfield Town was postponed. A Premier League club in the 2010-2011 season, Blackpool tumbled down the divisions and won League 2 in 2016-17 before rising back up the ranks to the second tier. Arguably the greatest day in the club's history came in May 1953 as Stanley Matthews inspired his team to come from 3-1 down to win the FA Cup with a 4-3 victory over Bolton Wanderers at Wembley. The game, which became known as the Matthews Final, saw Stan Mortison hit a hat-trick for Blackpool. As for the newly appointed head coach of Blackpool, Mick McCarthy is 63 years old and has been out the game since leaving Cardiff City by mutual consent in October 2021 after 10 months in charge. McCarthy will be joined by long-serving assistant Terry Connor at Bloomfield Road. A defender as a player, McCarthy began his career with hometown club Barnsley, twice winning promotion before moving to Manchester City in 1983. Once again part of a promotion winning side, his next move was to join Celtic, landing a league title and two Scottish Cups. After a spell at Lyon, he completed his playing career at Millwall. The former Republic of Ireland international began his managerial career then with the Lions, before spending six years in charge of his country. He returned to club management at Sunderland in 2003, before spells at Wolverhampton Wanderers, Ipswich Town and Cardiff. Jerry Yates is the one to watch for Blackpool, whose 20 League One goals in the 2020-21 season proved the catalyst for Blackpool's promotion via the playoffs. The fort would continue to find the net at championship level last term, bagging eight league goals. Despite Blackpool's struggles, Yates has surpassed that tally this season and has 10 to his name, including the fourth in his side's 4-1 hammering of Nottingham Forest in the third round of the FA Cup earlier this month. Doncaster-born Yates began his career with Rotherham United. He made more than 50 first-team appearances for the Millers, helping him win promotion to the championship in 2018, but was never able to cement a regular starting berth. So in pursuit of first-team action, Yates headed out on loan to Harrogate Railway Athletic, Harrogate Town, Carlisle United and Swindon Town, where he landed a League 2 title winner's medal in 2019-2020. And finally, on to our Franny Benali section. Good afternoon, Saints fans, and welcome to St Mary's, as Saints turn their attention to the FA Cup with the history and drama that the competition brings. Today's fixture against Blackpool is sandwiched by the two legs of our Carabao Cup semi-final tie with Newcastle, in what is an important spell for Saints in the domestic cup competitions. I'll be covering today's game with BBC Radio 5 Live. Blackpool have been struggling at the bottom of the championship, but saw off Nottingham Forest with a 4-1 win in the FA Cup third round to set up their meeting with us today. They will also have been boosted by the recent appointment of Mick McCarthy as manager. Mick is a hugely experienced character and today will be his first game in charge following the postponements of their league fixture against Huddersfield Town last weekend. His experience will be exactly why he has been brought in as his new side looks to turn things around. I always have and always will love the FA Cup. Southampton have only ever won it once and I have memories of watching the 1976 final on television. The love of the competition has never left me, from when I was a young boy to today. 
That buzz has also carried into my playing career, when me and my teammates looked to emulate that famous cup-winning team. We came close under Gordon Strachan when we reached the 2003 final, but we were never quite able to do it. The FA Cup is something that we should be proud of as a country too, as I would say it is the premier domestic cup competition in world football, and the one that everyone talks about. I touched on it in my column from midweek, but it was also great to be in Orlando, Florida last weekend for the Premier League Fan Fest, where supporters of all clubs, including Saints, came together for a festival of football activities. There was a trip to an elementary school where ourselves and other clubs put on a coaching session and then we had a Q&A in the evening with our stateside Saints. We were not sure how many were going to turn up, but it was a brilliant turnout and great to see so many people wearing the Saints colours. We then had match day coverage of the weekend's game against Aston Villa and it was great to see most of those fans again following the action. It was interesting to hear their views but also to gauge their fantastic levels of support, albeit a long way from home. People in the US follow Saints for a number of reasons. Some are originally from Southampton and have moved over there. Some are family connections and others follow the club for another reason. It was certainly a new experience to see so many fans of different clubs all congregating in one area without any segregation. The whole trip and experience was a very enjoyable and positive one. It would be great to build further relationships and promote our club with people and organisations out in the USA.